And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Plus minus. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. Plus minus. Hey, driving again. Tell Marcus that he asked you know, that question about my defense. Do you hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think he got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Hello and welcome to a all-star break edition of the Warriors Plus Minus podcast. We will call it uh, Tim Kawakami. I am sitting in Crypto.com Arena, almost said Staples. And this is always an interesting night when, you know, the team is splitting for the break. People are talking about their vacation plans. It's much more of a a lounging uh, vibe post-game where... You know, guys are talking about very, you know, where are you are you going on the team plane? Are you going out to dinner tonight? You going to Cabo, whatever. Um, so I think it's it's somewhat of a relaxed mood around the Warriors because they know, hey, nine days coming up, you know, for them to end the first half on a Tuesday and not play again until the following Thursday. I think they're excited about, but they also just got popped for what 134 points and and are 29 and 29 and and no, they're going to need to solve some stuff over the next week. No question. It'll be a lot better to be coming into this break at even 30 and 28. Uh, but, hey, they're in this position. They are who they are. This was going to be a tough game without Steph and then Wiggins misses it. Uh, and they didn't win it. <laughs> they weren't as good as the Clippers, period. And they aren't as good as the Clippers. And they aren't as good as a lot of teams. They still got a chance in this season. But, man, Slater, I'm looking at 24 games left. What do you think they got to do? Let's let's just say get to the eighth slot, even you know, stay out of the nine ten. But even I don't know that six is real out there. But what does it take to get to six? And what does it take to get to eight? And what does it take to get to ten? Well, what are we looking at here? Well, I'm predicting twelve and twelve because I'm predicting (laughs) forty one and forty one at this point. Because that's your bit now. That's the Slater bit. So it's just like it's it's foreseen. It is told in the stars. so that's my guess. What is forty so, okay, one and forty one game? Probably this season it gets you a play in right around the eight nine range. To be honest, I mean because like everyone else in the West is sitting down there right around that. You know they're nine right now. Basically, you know I think the eight seeds like thirty and twenty nine or something like that. So my guess would be that would you're going to be in the play in bracket. It's just where in the play in bracket if you're there. Now if you're actually talking about six, which by the way is obtainable. Uh, although it's getting tougher because the teams that are up there, you know, around six are the Suns, are the Mavericks. So, you know, one of them is going to get Kevin Durant coming out of the break. The other one just got Kyrie, and that actually looks really good right now with Luka. Um, so they may be going on surges. So the, the Warriors would have to match that with the surge. So what are you talking? At least like uh, 17 and yeah, 15, 16, 17 out of 17 and 7. Slater, uh, they ain't going seventeen to seven. Yeah, with no, look, no, no Steph for you know it seems like a chunk of games out of the break. No Gary Payton probably for six weeks. We'll say, um, yeah, I 
that seems I think unlikely. Fifteen and nine gets them. Well, the percentage that's at the six seed now, they it would that's forty four wins. So that's fifteen and nine to get the six seed. I mean, that just that sounds like a lot. <laughs> six yeah. games above five hundred. That sounds like a lot. And you see those games. They're not a. It's not a bunch of easy games. No, that, that was actually a conversation post game where it was like the, the six and not six games in nine days coming out of the break and a lot of marquee TV games, which the league purposely does. Right, hey, football's over. Let's get you against the Clippers twice. Let's get you against the you know Suns at home. Different stuff like that. So yeah, it's a difficult final stretch. So it's there. It's trouble. Yeah, I, I think. The, the Slater bit is actually the way to look at this, that it's it's likely they go 12 and 12 and they go 41 and 41. And then what does that get them? Maybe eight, right? Maybe nine. Uh, and they'll have to play their way through this. You know, I, I just, especially because we know Steph is out. These four games coming out, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at them. Like what they start off at, at the Lakers, back to back, back home. Houston should win that, but we'll see. Then they've got, Minnesota on a Sunday at home, uh, and, at, and then they got Portland at Chase Center. Like, they better go 3-1 and one in those games because it gets harder after that. But we know these Warriors, they might go 1-3, and three, and then I think that's going to be panic time. I'm already giving up my column I'm writing at some point, but why not? What the hell? I might as well do that. I, I have a tradition of doing that. But, like, this is a team that's headed towards 7 or 8, I think. That's what it feels like to me. MT, you disagree with that? I mean, I feel like that might be – a win at this point. Yep. If they get yep. seven or eight and, you know, now you win one game, you're in the playoffs. So that that would be ideal. If if they win one game and get the seven seed. Get Memphis? <laughs> oh, baby. Yeah, get, get yeah, Memphis I mean, in the first round. Get to play the underdog role. Like, at this point, that's looking pretty good. But even that might require going – you know, fourteen and ten <laughs> over the last, you know, twenty four games, which I guess is doable depending on how well they hold serve before Steph gets back. But I-, I think getting seven or eight I mean obviously getting seven or eight, having that one game be in chase would be like the most ideal scenario outside of finishing with the six seed, which just seems unfathomable right now. So uh but the 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 other, the worst setup is nine ten, and now it's like, hey, you're one game from being out of this bad boy, yep. and that <laughs> that is the that's the one I think they got to avoid. Yeah, I mean, I think they can, uh, but they are they're right there. I mean, I wasn't talking about nine ten before, but they're playing themselves into it seems to be about as good as they are. Uh, they. They don't play great defense. They go through lulls on offense. They're not very deep, especially when Steph and Wiggins are out, clearly. But don't know how much longer Steph's out. This is who they are. You know, you can't really deny it now. They're good, good, good ways into the season. And they are a 500 team, and they can lose to anybody. That's the other problem. Like they, Even the games you might mark down as wins on this, maybe you know, Spurs or Houston, I guess I'd give them, but some other ones. Oklahoma City, that's not a win, right? I mean, the, the Kings, certainly not. A, you can't write that down as a win. Like they, I, I think at this point, 12 and 12 is, yeah, that would be about what they should be. And they might end up a little bit worse. It is written in the stars, Tim. I'm telling <laughs> you. 
Sarah has been calling this for weeks now. This is calling it for weeks. But you did this bit when uh, two years ago, didn't you? When they did that fifteen and five run, so I don't know that they got fifteen and five in them. But you've done this before. I think you're accurate this time, though. I think this one they might be magnetically pulled to that forty-one to forty-one. Yeah, I mean, I just think bigger picture, like it doesn't feel like they have it this year, right? I mean, and I mean, look, some of that might just be the fact that. They won the title last year. I mean, we've talked about this some, but like that was like the legacy-defining title. We remember being in Boston and what that was to really this entire group and core. And like, it's it's tough, I think, to just come back and, and regenerate that hunger. And and that's what I'm not seeing when when you're talking tonight, talking to Steve Kerr and Draymond Green in the press conference where they're roasting their defense. Um, I think just like the underlying message behind it is it's just. There does not seem to be that that hunger level to actually correct what is ailing them and become a top ten defense again. I, I think it's more in inexperienced than it is hunger to me. I just feel like I, it just feels like everybody kind of underrated the difficulty of repeating. <laughs> uh, like off the bat, they just got hit in the mouth. Like I mean. All season, you watch teams literally don't miss against them. Like, that's part of going back-to-back. Like, they just don't have enough guys who know how to deal with that. And they're, you know, Wiggins hasn't played well with it. You know, I don't know if the starters have either, but they just have a lot of guys who don't know what it's like to know, like, man, if I get this guy an open shot, he's hitting it. Uh, I mean, how many TKs? 7-0 runs at the end of the quarter have to give it up because <laughs> dudes just don't – they don't miss those shots. You just don't yep. get to sleep. They're not going to miss. You're the champions. So, to me, I feel like it's always hard to repeat, but especially when you got half the roster or most of the roster never been through this before like that. That's tough. The the urgency on defense that Draymond was talking about tonight, like that, that's hard to muster when, <laughs> when you feel like, man, I'm playing okay defense. These dudes just aren't missing. Like, no, they're not missing against you because you're the Warriors. <laughs> and they had Kevin Durant and all that to, to answer it the last time they was in this situation. Like, all right, well, we still going to outscore you. They just don't have that anymore. Yeah. I think tonight, you know, you didn't have Curry. You didn't have Wiggins. But Clay, I mean, it was important to Clay that he, that he played the back-to-back. But he didn't look like he had his legs. And, and I think Kerr backed off some of his minutes to try to play him, like, most of the fourth. But. Uh, the defense wasn't there for him, uh, and hasn't been there for him a lot of this yeah, season. Yep, yep. I just he's he's a he, he's a forward now, right? He's not even a, you know he's not even guarding. Really, has a good shot at guarding the quick forwards. You know, he's got to guard the slow forwards. And tonight, you know, with those Clipper guys just zipping all over the place, you know that when in the starting unit they had two guys who couldn't keep pace with that, and it was it was Clay and it was Poole and. Again, they're missing guys. They're not, you know, these are t- tough defensive assignments. But when you're looking at why that happened and why some other games have happened, they just don't have the man-to-man defenders on the perimeter. And, and tonight, you know, again, it was important for Clay to play, but it was tough for him out there. Yeah. And, you know, so Steve mentions within his post-game, uh, you know, wide-ranging discussion about the defense that, you know, that's why they traded for Gary Payton was, was to get some point-of-attack defense. But, you know, obviously he's not going to be around for however long now. And I had somebody say to me post-game that they felt like that 
deflated the team. I mean, just how this all went down, right? Okay, you know, they're going to commit. They're going to, you know, utilize Wiseman to, to get a win now piece, and he's going to come in, and he's going to, you know, jolt that bench to life a little bit. And then it was like, ah, actually, no, he's he's not going to. And that it just felt like it, you know, and Marcus, you, you kind of laid out all the various different, you know, chapters that have gone into this season and, and, and all the wild twists and turns it's taken. But, you know, that's part of kind of what I'm like, not only the lack of hunger, but there does feel like almost like a little bit of a cursed nature. To, to Ominous, yeah, on. right, yeah. <laughs> like this season is doomed. Uh, and yet, <laughs> who, who, who's for sure beating them? In, in the playoffs, Phoenix. <laughs> I mean, uh, I shouldn't say that. I, I mean, you don't know, know how I mean, you know, Chris know. Paul's health, Kevin Durant's health. Like, so nobody is for that with with an actual team. But I mean, uh, may look, maybe I'm being naive. Maybe it's just because I just like you know, I, I needed the All Star break myself to 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 regroup my own brain. But just having been at almost every one of these games, I just do not see it with this team this year. Maybe it's all feel differently when we reconvene next week, but I just don't. What I definitely don't see is, I mean, I, I agree with MT any series you put them down in, they've got a shot to do it. I think the Clippers do too, by the way, we talk about a team that nobody wants to play. I mean, Clippers. finally, my <laughs> goodness, it felt like we've been thinking this for years. They finally look like the team like, we talk. <laughs> my God, they're good. They're deep as hell. But anyway, on to the Warriors. Um, I don't see them being able to do it week after week. I mean, series after series. So, you know, they fighting through a series would might be a success. Say they, you know, Memphis, whatever, and they've beaten Memphis before. But then having to turn around and go play, you know, whoever it's going to be in the second round, Phoenix. And then somehow they survive that. Then turn around, they got to play Denver. Uh, that's. I don't see that this season. Now, again, we all weren't for sure seeing it last season either, but it just was felt different. And I, you know, I just think back to back is different, man. Back to back is different. different task. <laughs> and you know what? I think that's we're seeing them laser in on it. Like, let's, you know, and it's smart. Like, just get in, take it series by series. Don't think about winning four. Think about winning one. You only can play and win the series that's, that you're in right now. But if we're going to talk big picture, I do not see them doing this four straight rounds. It's going to be hard to see them doing it three rounds, frankly. And that's with just projecting health, right? And we can't do that with this team. They have had enough health situations already. Um, you know, I just think it's a recon of calibration of what they are holding on this one time, see where they're at, championship blood and all that. And then, you know, with the, the strongest likelihood is that they maybe go two rounds and then see if some magic strikes. But I just don't see them being able to do this round after round in the playoffs. I feel like the critical thing, and maybe the break does this, is they play like a team that won a championship, but they're not as good as a team to win a championship. Like, they, I just – maybe this is what Draymond was trying to say is they need to play like a team that's a 500 team, <laughs> like clawing their way up. I mean, the amount of heat check shots they take, yep. right, the amount of, like, Bad shots, the amount of like awful clothes. I mean, they play like a team that has a switch, and like like he's just fifty what, what fifty eight games in. It's like they don't have the switch. 
Nope. It's literally not there. The switch is Steph Curry, and he's not there. Yep. So, but they don't play like they don't know that. Like they play like, yeah, man. I mean, Poole hits two threes, and then the next time down, he takes a thirty something footer. Like, what are you doing? Like that shot has to be out of the repertoire. Like you struggling and you're down, and then Clay going one on one and takes a baseline fading, and he lands out of bounds. Like. Like that's the shot of a dude who's like, yeah, man, we champions, and it's like, no, you guys are not. <laughs> you guys are not that team. You gotta scrap and claw for everything. So, perhaps to me, that the only way they save this is they come back and play that way, like not like the team that. All right, here we go. Here the champions are back, but play like the team that is calling for a play in seven seed. But I don't know that. I mean, that would take a lot to switch these minds, these guys who are champions' minds, into that level. Because they just, they don't play like that for stretches of games. Like, it's it's very obvious. But then it doesn't help when you're playing 23-year-olds and two-way guys. Like, <laughs> you would think that would help, though, right? You would think playing all these little hungry guys. But, my goodness, if another guy goes right by Anthony Lamb, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, Anthony but I mean, Lamb, he's like, like he hasn't been great defensively, but like Clay's getting blown by. Jordan Poole's getting Clay's blown getting by. blown like by. Yeah, Andrew Wiggins has not blown been, by. Yeah, yeah, Andrew Wiggins has not been like nearly as, no. as good consistently defensively this season. Steph has not had as good a defensive season. I don't think. But that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Steve Kerr is like, man, you put these two way guys in there, they're hungry. But that that isn't working. Like they they just reached the, the ability limit. I mean, tonight his he made a rotation error going like completely away from all of his his you know main guys in the mid third. That 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 screwed him tonight. But I think in general, and this is the point he's made lately, and I'd agree with him. Like the bench has stabilized. This is not the first twenty games of the season where oh the starters are dominant and they're bleeding. James Wiseman's on the floor. Like eh, bench has been fine. I mean, DiVincenzo, I know he started tonight, but he stabilized things. Jermichael Green's had a good stretch of games. You know, Jerome has been solid. I mean, Lamb has done you know his part. I do not think the problem right now is like players you know eight through 13 on the roster i just don't maybe maybe over the course of the season and the way they've built it, the roster like i think we could have maybe bigger picture discussions but i mean i i would i would look at the main guys and defensively to be honest i agree i think you look at all of them defensively though they've never been like they're not at no point in the season have they been great defensively what we're talking about is role players started making threes that's the difference. <laughs> like that, that's really what we're talking about. When Jermichael Green's not making threes, we're talking about why is he playing. When Lamb is not making threes, we're talking about why is he playing. And to me, that's a fundamental issue with the team. They want to hit a bunch of threes, and it's all haymakers. And the little things is how you become how they got to be where they were. Like it's a fu- it's a it's a fun- philosophical too, difference. Right? Tonight they started to shoot. Oh no, absolutely, no question. I was just saying. You would think with all these young and two-way guys that somehow you would get that interjection of little things, hustle, blah, blah, blah. but they end up fall. They end up doing the same thing. Like Kaminga's back to just shooting transition threes early in the shot clock, right? Like they're they're just following the lead of their stars. But to me, they all kind of have that that mindset. Like tonight, they started shooting threes. I don't know what happened. 
They started going to the basket. Steve calls a timeout. Whatever he said, they stopped doing that, started going to the basket, scored 44 points in the second quarter, right? It, it, it's right there. It's ready for them. Everybody's overplaying. Everybody's top locking. And yet they just will stop and say, hey, let's let's take the, the incredible three. <laughs> to me, that's, that's the philosophy of a team that's like, yeah, we're champions. It's going to go down. We're going to make the shots. We're going to win. And they just aren't that team. So if they somehow change and start playing like, you know, the scrappy up and covers, they might have a shot to do something. No, they, they at got least until guy. you get to the playoffs, right? And then you can let Steph Curry do his thing at that point. They got one guy who can do that, though, from game to game and hasn't done a lot. It's Andrew Wiggins. Like, they just don't have – and that's what was the big difference in the last game. We were all there. It was Wiggins just taking it to the rim. Like, I'm going – if Porzingis is there, I'm going right at him. If anyone else is there, I'm going at him too. But hopefully it's Porzingis. Uh, and there was a different feeling to that game that he, sometimes he doesn't do it. That's why it was kind of notable. But he's the only one who can. Like, Kaminga can, but it gets sloppy and, you know, he can turn it over. He goes up right in, in Zubak's arm and it just doesn't go anywhere. But that's why Wiggins is so important. He does play differently. He does, like, they can throw it to him. He's their best post player, right? Not even close, I don't think. There's, I don't, there's no other. Sean Livingston still on this team? He might be the only other one. Like, no one else. I saw him in post. the tunnel tonight. <laughs> yeah. Nobody else can play on the post. Just how it's set up, it's who they are, it's how they've drafted. You know, the one guy they were kind of thinking would be that would be the guy they traded. I mean, he, he never was that good at it, but they were hoping he was. They just don't play that way. It's just hard for them to get anything other than that split action, go to the corner, you go to the wing, you make your mind, make the defense react, and maybe we get a layup off a cut. But the ball's not going in there unless it's a cut. They just don't do that. And Wiggins is the single single player who kind of does it. I do think I've kind of thought this the whole time, whatever the – the main guys do the the Hall of Famers. You know they're going to rise. You know they're going to play some big games. You know that sometimes they're not. It's Poole and it's Wiggins. It's those two guys. Like they've got to be in the prime. You know they're in the prime of their careers. Maybe even elevating still at this point in their mid twenties. He's twenty three. He no prime. <laughs> no, Wiggins is Wiggins no, is twenty seven. Poole is not in his prime. Yeah. I'm those. But they played. They both played multiple years in the league. I, I thought you were yeah. talking about superstar Kevon Looney. Kevon Looney's in that twenty-seven-year-old Kevon Looney, and he but, is rising. He into his prime. Yes, he is amazing. <laughs> uh, he's an old guy who isn't an old guy. But I think it's Wiggins and Poole. I just, I just think that they're they're going to decide this regular season at least, and then it's up as Mark. Then it's up to Steph. Draymond, you know, in in the playoffs, but we know. I think you got to throw Clay in there. I think I just think you got to go throw Clay in there. Yeah, I agree, but I, I don't know what you're going to get out of Clay. I mean, you know, that's if you don't get nothing out of Clay, then it's a wrap. Yeah, that, and I don't want to make this a pile on Clay thing because he's had many good games and he's had some games when he's played some decent defense too on the post, not in the perimeter. But a lot of these kind of rotation and lineup shockwaves are because they can't play Clay on a guard. Like that's. And they, they need to keep other guys out there when Clay's there because it just scrambles who they're, you know, how, who they can play defensively. And that just kind of ricochets throughout the whole thing because he's not guarding anybody who can penetrate. He's just not. And, he, and it's fair. It's like he's lost two years to massive leg injuries. But 
it's it is a difference in who they are. And last year they could hide it because they had Gary Payton. That's what they, I mean. They could hide a lot of things because they had GP two and Wiggins. And I know who knows we're going to have GP two if they ever get the top GP two. But this is part of the shockwave of what they're kind of having to deal with. Is when you're playing Pool and Steph and Pool and Clay, you're going to have issues defensively. You just are, and especially when none of them are having, you know, Clay. I mean, Steph and Pool for sure, and are just not having good defensive seasons. It's just, and then Wiggins is not having a great one either. This is where the defense falls off, and it's and it is on the main guys. It's not necessarily on the bench guys who have certainly been way better than they were at the start of the season. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. How about Moses Moody tonight deciding, you know, nobody's getting anything at the rim. I'm going to go try to just hammer one on Mason Plumley. He was about five feet short on it, but there was an attempt. Maybe he's just trying to show the coaches, like, maybe I'm I'm the rim attacker. Hey, I mean, low-key, I feel that, man. Like, to yeah. me, that's one of the issues. Yeah. Like, they don't have more dudes to do that. Like, I know Poole get a lot of heat, but that's why I like Jordan Poole. He's going to put his – he's going to try to get to the hole. And he gonna turn it over a couple of times, but you're not gonna stop him from getting to the hole. Like you're not. And if it, that gets fouled, it gets fouled. Get fouled. Yeah, and get fouled. Like it. At some point, it just becomes about like, yo, uh, the game is tight. Like you can't guard me. They don't have enough dudes who do that. Like Wiggins did that last game. He's got Denny Avidel on him, and uh, and he's like, I'm just about to take this dude. And they don't have dudes who do that. I don't know why Dante doesn't do that more. Like I feel like he can do it more, uh, but other guys do that to them. Like, that is a bit of the little grit, like, all right, if this is going to be ugly, let's play. Uh, and they're never, they're just not going to be a great defensive team. <laughs> like, that's just out the window. It is out the window. They're not going to be a great defensive team. They can be a better offensive team simply by playing smarter basketball and not acting like 
they're going to save the world with threes. Like, I just, I don't know why they don't play differently. That to me, Steve has to figure that out. But at least Moody is like saying, hey, go to the O. Like, JK was great when he was doing that. Like, yeah, every time I'm going to the O. When he does that, he's great tonight. For them. Yes, it was great. Yeah, it was great. To me, if they, if they play like that normally, and I feel like they do have a little bit more urgency against the better teams. It's almost like we know we have to play smart in order to win this game. But <laughs> it, it's just not normal. They don't do it regularly. So I feel like you got to throw Clay in there and Wiggins in there, especially because they're guys who can get smart, good shots consistently without Steph. And without that, they just won't. They won't be able to score enough to win. All right, anything else that uh, is of interest to you guys? I mean, well, we really haven't talked about like the whole GP two thing, at least on, on this this show. Is that what the whole thing was about? With the whole reaction, you, Slater, you mentioned that maybe not getting him and then realizing he's not going to play kind of threw them in the funk. But it was either the right player to get. Uh, I don't think because I was wondering if they could have just kept Sadiq Bay. I asked Myers about it, and he didn't seem very. I mean, he didn't want to address another player that isn't theirs, but didn't, sure, it yeah. didn't sound like they were. So that was the guy that been... they were focused on. I, I like Sadiq Bay. I mean, I don't think he helps their defense, but he might help their offense a little bit. Yeah, I mean, if you look at just like the the, the layers of the deal, if it's just Detroit ball, Detroit wants James Wiseman to give up James Wiseman from a salary perspective. The, the Detroit had to give up Kevin Knox and Sadiq Bay. Warriors theoretically could have just didn't done James Wiseman for Kevin Knox and Sadiq Bay. Uh, you know, they then turn that into five second round picks that obviously gets them Gary Payton the second. You could argue, you know, like it would have been more of a play to uh, rearrange the future, but still stay in this like two timeline aspect. I mean, the Payton to me represented a statement to the locker room, to the veterans, to the coaches that like we won't, we're not only just going for the now, but we're, we're trying to recreate what was so special about last season. And here's the guy that you guys were upset in a lot of ways that we gave up. And so we will compromise by giving up James Wiseman, who we all know was the, you know, pinnacle name of this, uh, you know, rebuild under the current core. And, to get Gary Payton and they were pumped about it. And then they got him and realized he wasn't going to play. So that's like, when I say deflated was the word that was used for me tonight, that I think it was the proper word. Like it just, the entire situation feels a little deflating for them. No, I'll just throw it. Like I get it and I understand it. And I, and I think it was fair value, but for them, shouldn't have, they shouldn't have been so shocked that he was a little banged up, right? He, he's missed most of the season in this, Elongated yeah, time but frame. he's not a little banged up. Like, yeah, I know. But they had to know. I mean, like they knew there could be an issue. So it's not like they were getting Gary Payton from last season. They were not getting the Gary Payton that last season. That Gary Payton has not shown up this season for whatever reason. So, like, I get what they're thinking. I get the sensibility of it. I'm not – I'm just trying to throw a little thing out there. It's like you could have had somebody else. Maybe that somebody else was not who you really liked and wouldn't have fit right with the locker room and wouldn't, wouldn't have gone right. But would have been a talented guy. And I, I'm a, I think Sadiq Bey is more valuable, just a more valuable commodity than Gary Payton. Like GP2 fits because he's the Warriors, because he, he was a very valuable player to them last year. But again, last year's last year. It ain't yeah. this year. 
I agree. I mean, you can say the exact same thing about Sadiq Bay. He has not been. He's not yeah. last year Sadiq Bay. This year, he's no, not yeah, been good. Like, like they, there's a reason. Not he's not hurt. He's also not hurt. But there's there's a reason he was trying to get out of, or they I wanted agree. him out of Detroit, right? Like, I agree. There's I always know, a reason. I don't guys. know if we're yeah. There's always I, a reason. I don't know guys if we're marrying that. Like, I don't know if he like. You see, you know what the ceiling is for GP two. You don't know what the ceiling is for Sadiq yes. Bay. That's why I you, understand. The, like, from my understanding, the the move that at least a few people behind the scenes are like, you know, uh, I, I wouldn't say second guessing, but at least like wondering what if at this point is OG and Obi. What if you just really went in with an all in package to to get a guy that clearly the league decided was overvalued by Masai Ujiri? But if you were just like, this is it, go all in on the now. That's the one that would have moved the needle. Gary, we'll see. Maybe it nudges the needle down the road. But, um, like, Sadiq Bey was, was going to provide the same problem that James Wiseman did, which was young guy who wants more opportunity. Maybe he's he's a little bit better now player than James Wiseman. But he wasn't changing the mix this season. He was just a valuable young player to move in with your young core into the future with. But James Wiseman was that still. You know, so I mean, they, Roy, yeah, yeah. yeah. James Wiseman wasn't playing though, and yeah, I'm not sure yeah. Sadiq <laughs> Bay would have. I'm not sure. I'm not sure Steve Kerr plays Sadiq Bay over Anthony Lamb. Like Anthony Lamb does. Oh, he, Steve he Kerr. Should. I mean, he it's should. just true, right? I mean, <laughs> you're right, but he should. He should. Well, Sadiq Bay is like very shot hungry. I mean, it was the problem in Detroit. It seemed like he was kind of like trying to develop his offensive game. He and was he's like, yo, man, give me out the corner, man. I can do more. Yeah, and then suddenly he's like, you know, why is Draymond pointing me in this direction? Why do I have to set a back cut? What's the split cut action? <laughs> you know, that probably would have been the Sadiq Bay experience, dropping him in midseason. That, that's, that is that is the thing that, that is the existential problem for some of this, is that they do need different players, like MT just explained very clearly, yet – those kind of different players do stuff that Steve Kerr doesn't like. And they <laughs> so can't play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so play. So the guys he likes to play, and I get it, I'm not ripped in anybody, are the guys who don't do that other stuff, who do his stuff, which is move the ball, hit threes, and maybe they're not the, the penetrators and initiators because those guys can screw up. Those guys can you know completely mess up a possession, no question. But they also do this other things that maybe get you a couple – buckets when no one else is going to take the ball into the lane. TK, so how many it, players it is a great, how many players never play for the Warriors, but, but kill the Warriors? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, you know. Like, oh, you never play here. But they yeah, can't do funky, nothing with them. Those funky, yeah, those funky, Will Barton, have to, I mean, how many times did he do that to the Warriors? These funky players, Bones Highland, you know, in the playoffs, is like doing stuff to the Warriors, and you go, he's never going to play. He would never. Literally, play Kendrick Nunn could not play for the Warriors. <laughs> no, could have, literally could not. Uh, and but you know, you get it. There is a reason why you have a system. It's got them four championships. It's the perfect way to have Steph, Clay, and Draymond. There's it's perfect for them. It's just. When you do that, you weed out a lot of the guys that MT and I especially are like, those guys could do stuff for the Warriors. They really could. And yet, they're not going to play. And Wiseman was kind of part of that, right? He was going to change them a little bit. Like, they drafted him. Oh, we don't really play centers. He's going to do some things that are going to be a little different. But maybe that's good. And he was never good enough to even have that be a factor like that. But... Again, you get in that conundrum. Well, why did they even draft a center that Steve's not going to play? Well, they were going to, they wanted to change things a little bit. And you know what? It's better 
for Steve and for the system and for Steph Curry, and that's super important to get guys who won't do that other stuff. But then those guys also are pretty valuable sometimes. It's just it is a great conundrum, can never be answered. It's just the where it's just where they are, and they won four games. I mean, hey, but do you wonder if Steve changes a bit after this year? I mean, it feels like I don't know. Like I, I definitely want to ask this, but I'm not there. I don't know if this was part of the equation, but it feels like. You know, it's like, all right, if you, you we lose the Wiseman, so you better play Moody more. <laughs> <laughs> that's because Wiggins. That's because Wiggins was out. I think. But I'm just curious. Do you think? Do you think this whole experience makes Steve say, all right, maybe guys who like drive me crazy, I'll give them a longer <laughs> lead. Man, I don't, know. I don't Dep- know. It depends on where this season ends, right? If it is playing in elimination, I think there will be a much, you know, uh, I guess bigger picture audit of what's going on here. Then if, you know, a part of the reason that they went and got Gary Payton the second and they're comfortable just trying to play the system that Steve Kerr wants to play is because they won the damn title doing it last year. Yes. So yes. it just kind of depends on how the season ends, right? Here's what I think it depends on. Are Steph Curry and Draymond Green still good? If they're still good and if Draymond's still on the team, they're going to play this way because it maximizes what they do. It maximizes how their style elevates the Warriors. If they're not as good and or they lose Draymond, I, I think there might be some tweaks. But MT, are they gonna do stuff that messes around with Steph's minutes? I don't think so. So yeah. not not when he's playing like this. So I think that I just wonder good. like like if you've if you've been playing Kamika all year, regular set of minutes. Like and yeah, you deal with the struggles. You ended up five hundred anyway. Like you didn't, <laughs> unless you think, hey, if you played them all year, you'd be ten years under five hundred. But in that situation, it's like, man, Kaminga, would, would he be more ready now to play with Steph and to be a, you know, you feel like he's getting there and like yeah. he's played minutes and it, it's helped Look, him. So now you start wondering. People, there are people that would more. argue that there were people that would argue the same for Wiseman. Now I'm not. Sure, any of us would agree with it, but the idea of like you're 29 and 29 at the break, maybe James Wiseman would have developed more into a player if, if there was you know a, a larger opportunity. Now, look, James Wiseman also man, let leave TK alone, man. Let him live. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that. I went to, <laughs> the other way on that one. No, I mean I I, 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 I think, on that one. <laughs> I, I think we've all come to agree on that. But you know he he sprained his ankle at a time where it did seem like he was like inching his way into the picture, Jermichael Green was out, Kamingo was out at the time. I, look, we don't need to obviously rehash the white <laughs> thing, but it's it's to your point of like, you know, th- they are staring at this 29 and 29 record at the break while also looking at Moses Moody on the fringe of the rotation, James Wiseman in Detroit, and Jonathan Kaminga like kind of better than he had been. I mean, it has been, I would say, I mean, are you guys, where are you at on just like where Kaminga is right now? Yeah, I think he is. You know, this the, the he's a fourteen to sixteen to eighteen a minute, minute a game guy. I think you know. I think a game like this was perfect for him. And I said it early on Twitter, like they weren't hitting threes. It's a, a rangy defense that's going to you know be able to cover those that, that outside stuff. You need someone to go create some things and go to the rim a little bit. And that was wise. I mean, he had, you know he was shooting threes too, but he you know first couple times he's in the game, like he's going to the rim. Other games where they're shooting well and the defense has got some big guys inside that Kaminga can't really finish over. He's not a finish over guy. He's a finish around guy, which is still valuable in the league, but he's 
kind of fumbles it when he goes up against you. We've seen it all the time. When he goes up against a shot blocker, the, the ball fumbles out of his hands. But in certain spots, he's really, really useful for them. Other spots, he's not. I just think that's a step from where he's been. I think it's, this is where he's going to be the rest of the season. And then, like, next season, the season after is when you see him maybe, like, they could just build some game plans around. They, they certainly can't do that. But he's physical. He can go defend guys on the perimeter. Not a great rebounder. Uh, but, like, he's working his way to a decent spot where Steve, you know, he is he's the, you know, he, does Steve trust him as much as he you know, trusted Bielitsa last year? Probably, you know, right in there. Uh, and that's for them is pretty big deal. And next year, can he be like Otto Porter? You know, I, I think that's how that's going to work. And being 21 years old, he's got some time at this, but he's not going to be a guy that Kurt just says you go, you're going to play 30 minutes tonight. They got they, uh, he's I not. Think, there. I think that's the ninth straight podcast where Nibelitsa has been referenced. I mean, he lives on. Hey, but Myers referenced Bielitsa yesterday, so we can we can reference Bielitsa. He's always he a, lives on it. We can cool. reference Bielitsa at any point because he earned it. Yep, with a championship ring. Yep, he did. <laughs> yes. he, you know, you know who this doesn't sound good for, by the way, Patrick Baldwin <laughs> Jr. <laughs> no, I know, I know. What well, one thing I did want to ask you guys? Uh, just say they don't get a buyout situation. Is it a lock that Lamb is the one converted, or is this going to come down to another tough decision? Who is Steve going to play? And like, who does he play? I feel like Ty Jerome might be still in the spot from him. Well, I mean, I think yeah. they're going to. Number one, they it, they're finagling with the money. Like they're going to, you know, extend it. You know, every day they don't have a fifteenth man is a day they're saving the tax. Now they'll have a fifteenth man by the playoffs, but you know. If that means the last day of the regular season. I mean, remember when JTA was – we knew for a month and a half, two months, that Juan Toscano-Anderson was going to get the 15th spot back in the 39 and 33 season. But they didn't give him a contract until the last week of the regular season. It's going to be a little bit harder with Lamb or Jerome because they're coming up quicker on their 50-game limit. They will at least explore the buyout market, but I'm not sure they're going to find anyone that they believe is, is worth – you know, four million in tax. If, as Bob Myers has mentioned, Steve Kerr is just going to glue them to the bench. So uh, we'll see. But uh, you know, and you guys can agree or not agree. But if Steph Curry's healthy, I believe the coaching staff thinks that Lamb is more likely to be in a playoff rotation than a Ty Jerome from a defensive perspective and positional perspective. They are much thinner in the front court than they are at the guard position when everybody's healthy. And Gary Payton back. Yeah, I agree with that. And I'll throw one other, you know, who knows, is Andre Godala available? Because that's yeah. another forward, you know, you know, so like that's one if they, but can you count on him even if he's available, you know, even if he's on your playoff roster, can you count on him for, you know, more than one or two games? Hard to tell. But I think if Godala is out you know, available to them, there's a shot for Jerome because that's a forward that Lamb, you know, would be pushed below. And you don't quite need now. Lamb, you know, plays bigger in their in their system than it would all. So he can play the four, but it would all can play the four now. Maybe he is a four now. So I would say it's probably Lamb. But if there's any question about Steph being, you know, at being dinged up at all, it'll be Jerome because Steve just goes with Jerome anytime. Steph, there's any question, that's his guy. But positionally in the playoffs. You would need a forward more than you would need a third point guard. I don't think there's a question about that. And well, the reason I say it is because 
while they have all these guards, like it's very clear who Steve prefers with the ball in his hands, bringing it. Like he's running yep. Jerome and who off the ball. Yep. Uh, and there's nobody else. Like if you take yeah, Jerome you know, he, off this, who's that guy? Maybe Dante? Yeah, he he tried that early in the season. He does not do that anymore. I don't like, think he likes yeah. it. Yeah, I don't it think he does likes not it. Not do that anymore. It feels like even with those guards, he you know when Steph sits, he wants a sure ball handler. And I wonder maybe that's maybe that's Andre because that that was Andre's role in the past. But it feels like he you know Steve loves his his little security blankets <laughs> like and. Ty Jerome doesn't turn the ball over. Like, he just doesn't. Yeah, so. He doesn't. You know what else Steve Kerr seems to like? Anthony Lamb on the floor. So, Yep. Yep. <laughs> he, he wants them both. He wants them both. <laughs> he wants 16, 16 roster spots. Poor uh, Ryan Rollins. <laughs> poor Ryan Rollins. <laughs> Ryan Rollins. But I, um, I was just like, you threw out the PPJ thing. Could, could he score differently for them, you think? Is he a guy that we're talking about, or is he a guy – at his best in this system, who is a Kirk County guy? Well, he's going to shoot a lot of threes, you know. And, yep. you know, Marcus is talking earlier uh, about them being two, three hungry already. Like, I, you know, he looks good when they, they put him in for little spurts to, you know, coming off pin downs and catching shoots. And, like, I'm intrigued by him long term, but I don't think he changes their offensive chemistry that much because I just think he's he shoots a lot of threes, which is. I, I do wonder if he can. You know, because you have to guard him at the three so heavily, if he can bump fake and put the ball on the, on the floor you know, a little bit. Oh, I think we saw a little term, bit of that. Yes, but I don't think he's ready to be that now. But yeah. but when will he get ready if Steve is not going to play him? This is going to be the thing next year. Look, if you want to if you want to go all in on development now, because it's you're 29 and 29 and you're basically the Atlanta Hawks right now, go ahead. I mean, I agree with all the win. <laughs> Uh, booty. Like, I'm not saying now. I'm just saying that's why I was asking next year. Does this like all right? I mean, basically, I mean, Baldwin is in the same situation as as Wiseman. Basically, like all right, your rookie years are watching. Wiseman might have made played more. Does he play next year? Like, does he question minutes? Well, like, that's what I was like. There's questions it's coming a good question. this summer. I think we all understand. So it depends <laughs> on the roster, and it depends on probably how they finish. Right. You know who's not playing next year? Ryan Rollins. Ryan Rollins is not playing. <laughs> He's not playing next year. That might be Ty Jerome's spot next year. Yes, yes. I might agree with you on that. But. All right. We're picking on the young guys. We're picking on Steve Kerr. We're picking on everybody. But uh, I think we all need a break. You going to Cabo, Slater? Are you telling the players about your big trip to Cabo at all? I will say this, Warriors fans. Uh, coming up. If you aren't ready to give up your break for basketball, why don't you flip on Wednesday night? Boston Celtics against Detroit Pistons, the James Wiseman debut game. I might flip that on at 4 p.m. There's no mic. You are are watching that game. There is no mic. You know who else will be watching that game? Marcus Hong? No, Joe Lacob. (laughs) Joe Lacob. Was Joe Lacob going to be there? He might. He might be in the front row. Like, yo, I would love nothing more than for Wiseman to come out against forty nine and fifteen. If he gets forty nine and fifteen, we need we need an emergency pod. Yeah, we can choose that. What's the threshold for emergency pod? Like thirty and twenty and ten. Twenty and ten. It's going to go crazy. That because that's actually possible. It's not happening. It's not happening, fellas. Uh, I'm on board. If you want to do one, I'm on board for it. Let's go. 
fun. Get James Edwards on. What if what if Sadiq Bay goes Sadiq. off for the Hawks? We're not oh, doing anything. Sadiq Bay goes Sadiq, off. What if they both go off? What if Kevin can, Knox goes off? There's gonna be. I can already envision a Tim Kawakami like 2028. Like what if Warriors <laughs> call him? Where he includes like what if they had just taken Sadiq, Sadiq Bay? Bay they had him. He was on their team, and then they said, "No, I don't want him." So. Oh well, well, we'll we'll uh, we'll save that one for the future. We'll save that one for uh, some other emergency pod. But keep it in mind, everybody. Keep it in mind. All right, hey, cool. I'm on. I'm on by myself if I got to. Wiseman go twenty nine and ten. I'm on this thing. You are Wiseman Island. On here. Wiseman Island. Then we'll call that the new podcast. <laughs> I'm taking calls, and everything. We talking oh. Wiseman. All right, I'll I'll pop on to hear you take some calls. All right. All right. We will, we will talk. Uh, see y'all later. Let As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.